Well, it's your favorite Star Wars bitches back again. Not just talking about one thing this time, but talking about one, two, three different Star Wars movies slash TV shows all in 45 minutes. What do you think, Fennec? Can we do it? I, I want to say yes, but... It really is up to me if I can just shut my mouth for 45 minutes instead of going on like rants and rants and rants. Well, for the first time, I'm actually prepared. I have notes printed out that I was taking while watching Solo, Rogue One, and Ahsoka. So I am ready. I am on it. I'm fired up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, well, let's do them in sort of order. So that would be Solo, right? Yes. Okay. Look at me. I know what order things go in. I know. I'm, I'm so proud of you. So, Solo. I wasn't excited about watching it. However, I was pleasantly surprised. I finished watching it and turned to Papa and went, I liked that. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I really did. I thought it was um, actually really funny. The guy in space weirded me out that played solo. But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, like, it's not a bad film. It's definitely not my favorite, and I'm just not really a big Han Solo person. Right. Love his son, <laughs> but I was definitely more of, like, an Indiana Jones kid growing up, so that's who I see Harrison Ford as. Mm. And so that's where, for me, it was, like, of all the Star Wars characters, Solo would not be, like, my top 20 pick to have a... A solo film. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I really like the production value. I love the production design where it's still got that 70s vibe. Mm -hmm. The score is written by John Powell, who did like How to Train Your Dragon. So like, already 10 out of 10 for me. But like, the story is just weird. And it doesn't really feel like a Star Wars film. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. In this case, I think it was definitely a lot for, you know, a solo film that wasn't part of the Skywalker saga. Right. Like, that's just a big gamble. Well, I did a little more digging and I guess there was supposed to be a sequel to Solo. Did you know that? Yeah, that that's a really big thing where a lot of fans of the movie like still campaign for the sequel. Which, like, I will say, I feel like the film gets interesting. Like the last five minutes of it. Spoiler alert! I don't know why it says spoiler alert. This entire podcast is just a spoiler <laughs> alert. I was gonna. But, I literally was thinking about that earlier. Like, if people haven't listened to or watched Ahsoka, they better do it real quick before listening to us. But whatever. Anyhow, yeah. 
but so spoiler alert mall shows up i was surprised about that and then i went down another rabbit hole on the interweb about darth maul and him being in rebels and then him being friends with ezra who has him and sabine are just a pain in my ass right now in ahsoka so but we'll get to that in a minute um and so then i started getting really confused so yeah no maul is it's it's pretty complicated because if you've just seen phantom menace you're like hold up didn't that guy get chopped in half on the boo right that's right so yeah like if you've only seen the movies and you're like oh this character that has like five lines literally died in naboo then why is he here and the whole thing is that when dave filoni was working on clone wars at one point george lucas just was like hey so make an episode where maul comes back and like that's all the information he gave dave like george lucas was like yeah like here's a fun little challenge bring maul back and so the way that maul's introduced into the stories is actually like really interesting because We've learned that where he fell was like a garbage chute. And then the garbage was taken to this like other planet. And Maul survived from making this like really scary as hell like spider robot body. That is like attached. Yeah, it's it freaked me out watching Clone Wars as a kid. But then hold on. So that information is in Clone Wars the show yes okay okay but yeah so he comes back in clone wars and then he escapes the planet and it just causes a lot of problems for the republic like just starts killing people obviously he's hunting down kenobi as like revenge um and then eventually takes over mandalore and like wields the dark saber and so that's where in season seven when we're in the events of revenge of the sith so like the very end of the clone wars ahsoka is sent to mandalore to like capture maul so that's where she is canonically in the movie of like why don't we see ahsoka in revenge of the sith it's like oh because the 17 year old girl is tracking down this sith lord and wins but then because of order 66 he escapes and then we don't really know what he's doing he's kind of like building his like a crime organization which is how we meet him in um solo because it's 10 years later okay clearly he's just a crime boss now the mob the resurrected yeah. mob. So basically it would be like if Jesus came back and decided that he really liked Italy and salami and wanted to start a mob. Sure, if that's what you think the mob is. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Maul just is being a silly, goofy guy, just 
causing problems. And then in Rebels, we don't know how the hell he ends up on this planet, but he ends up on this, like, old Sith homeworld. And Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra stumble across him. And he's like, he, like, wears a hood, and he's like, you can call me Master. Master. And is, like, kind of playing, like, a character until he, like, sees Ahsoka, and then it's like, oh, shit, the, the jig is up. I'm all. <laughs> well, and wait then, a minute. Is this behind when she went after him on Mandalore? Yeah, this is, like, 15 years later. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he causes more problems, escapes is on the hunt for Kenobi, finds Kenobi on Tatooine, and then they have a final showdown, and Kenobi wins and kills Maul. For reals. Yeah, for real. And we know it's for real because he buried Maul's body, which, because we know in Star Wars that a character's not really dead unless... We are shown that they are dead because clearly if this bitch was cut in half and fell down a garbage chute and then just like comes back because George Lucas is like feeling silly. <laughs> but yeah, so that's realistically I think the best part of Solo is Maul showing up. And you being like, oh, yeah, that guy. What a, what a sneaky little guy. So silly. Yeah. So silly with a face only a mother could love. All right. Well, did I have anything else I wanted to add about so? I did like Amelia Clark, but she's awfully, she's hot stuff. I like seeing her in movies. And... Um, yeah, so two thumbs up for Solo. That's good. I, I'm glad that you finally watched it so we can just move on. Move on. And so now jumping to Rogue One, I rewatched it. I am glad I rewatched it because I liked it before, but I think I'm finally starting to put all the pieces together which made me feel a lot better because I was like, oh my God, there's that lady, the mom lady. She's in this movie and she's in Ahsoka too. Like I'm starting to put people together. So mom lady. Yeah. The mom lady, mom, Martha. Isn't that her name? Mon Mothma. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Not no. Martha. Mom Martha. Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Now, see, I'm pissed about that because I really thought her name was Mom. And I was like, there's so many mom things in Ahsoka, too. And I'm like, oh, I'm a mom. Fun. Yeah, sorry to burst your bubble, but it's Mon Mothma. 
who we do see in the original trilogy. We do? Yeah, she's... I mean, you're not going to remember this, but she says a line where she's like, many boffins died to give us this information when they're having that meeting about like the Death Star in A New Hope. So like she's one of the rebel leaders. And then... Yeah. And then eventually now in Ahsoka, she's um, the new chancellor. Got it. But it's not the same actress. No, it's a different actress who came on in the prequels because she kind of like is in background scenes in the prequels and then stayed in that role for Andor and Ahsoka and Rogue One. Got it. Okay. Well, back to Mon Mothma. There we go. Um, I I feel like it kind of just got everything set in my mind of like, okay, this is the timeline I'm on finally. Of when things are happening, what's led up to what, why things are inserted in places. Um, and then also while watching Ahsoka over the last couple weeks, like that's kind of like filling in those holes. That's what she said of missing pieces. So I finally feel like I'm getting it sort of, but clearly I have some of the names wrong. So no, I, I love that that's working for you because I think that was the point of the film was it was finally like a way to set the timeline which I could go on about how people blame Disney for ruining Star Wars but if you really think about it Disney's Star Wars is Dave Filoni's Star Wars but people aren't aren't ready to hear that but the whole thing that I like about Rogue One is that it really sets the timeline very straight of like this is exactly what pre a new hope empire was like how the rebels were working together at the time because clearly we see like there's a sense of democracy at this point but clearly not everyone's on the same page and i think that was why i liked rebels so much was that it really shows the birth of the rebel alliance how all these small cells start working together and we can kind of see in rogue one that you know they have bases and they have like a a council and there's a sense of democracy there but you know we've learned in the prequels that democracy isn't perfect and that democracy is fragile and even if we think it's in place. There's always powers that are working against it to destroy it. I don't know what just made me think about it, but why are most of the pilots men? That is a good question. I think if anything, being a pilot in the Star Wars universe has like a very high death rate. So we could really argue that men are just dumb enough to do it. (laughs) knowing that they're probably going to die. Because you know the scene where, like, all the different people are fighting and that one guy's like, I need a hammerhead Corvette. Um, Like, it's all men. 
like there's I thought I counted there's like two women the one of them I think was like on the ground or something I don't know but I was like this movie is not old so the patriarchy should have been a little bit better as far as like balancing out genders but I don't know just maybe think about it no I mean that's a a really great point because if you think about with Ahsoka the three top build uh actors are women Mm -hmm. and that's pretty rare for a Star Wars show especially because the fandom itself can be very toxic towards women being involved in the fandom and I think we have to also realize that no matter how much progress we think we're making in terms of including people of color, including women in media, that Hollywood is still pretty old-fashioned. And this film came out in 2016. So you would still think that that's pretty recent. But based off of what I've seen recently, I'm like, like that was still kind of in an era of television where... You know, the Bechdel test wasn't really something that was discussed. The idea of having LGBTQ characters or minority characters being leads was still pretty rare. Right. And I think if you're really thinking about a franchise like Star Wars, this idea of having a female lead, already a lot of people that are sexist are gonna kind of already mark the movie off as not worth their time especially if you're thinking of star wars where the original trilogy has a male lead the prequel trilogy has a male lead and now you have a female lead in this movie hollywood production companies still view that as like a big risk right but like i love jen or so i think she's such a complicated character and I really like the idea that she's not really in it for the rebellion at any point. She's doing it just because she knows it's the right thing to do. I'm so proud of you. You're so what, smart. For, for being a feminist? Yeah. I and not, not like a turfy feminist? Ooh. You'll have to tell me what that means later. What does that mean? So, like, being a turf is basically, it's what J.K. Rowling is. It's a uh, feminist that believes that trans women are really women and, uh, like, okay. make that their entire personality. Which, like, oh, okay. There are people dying. There's bigger issues to deal with. I don't understand. It's fine. That also just comes from me being non binary. So, I just fully am like, grow the fuck up. What'd you think of Diego Luna as Cassie and Andor? I mean, in the beginning, I was like, I want to smack you too. But he comes around. He comes around. I just... I don't know. I... I didn't like the fact that Jim was being tricked, I guess. So, do you want to 
explain that a little more? Like, what do you mean by being tricked? Well, no, like, like they he was going to kill her dad. Like, that was the whole point. Was right. Yeah. So you know he he didn't say that to her, right? It wasn't it wasn't he was going in to kill her dad, and but she was given like a different a different mission mission yeah Yeah. how could you kill mads meckelson well and then his brother is in ahsoka which we'll get to that in a second but going back to the role of women um i do find it very interesting now especially after watching rogue one is princess leia is the one that really set off the chain of getting people to go after Vader. But when you watch A New Hope the first time around, she comes off as very like, I mean, she she comes off as a badass, but a very meek badass compared to Luke and to Han. And it's like, no, (laughs) if it wasn't for her, none of this would be happening. But again, you know, it's just, I guess, different era and like you said Hollywood is still sadly hard for women to rule the world unlike in Ahsoka so yeah that's that's a great point because I think that's why I love Leia's character so much is in the events after New Hope in the novels we really get a sense of how much she was tortured because we get we get like two scenes with a probe droid in A New Hope where we're like, okay, she's going to be tortured for information. But later on, we start realizing the extent of that trauma she has and how Mm. Vader, her father, tortured her for information. And I especially think, you know, after the events of Return of the Jedi... In one of the novels, Anakin's, like, force ghost comes back to, like, apologize to her. And she's like, I can't accept your apology. Because imagine being tortured by him and then the entire galaxy, because in Bloodlines, when she's a senator, basically, like, the entire galaxy gets told that her father's Darth Vader. Like, could you believe that? Like, what that... Would do to you personally, to your career, to like people in the rebellion that fought by your side, and then they find out that you were the daughter of this evil man. And it's just such a, it's such an interesting character choice for her to go through that, and then for them not to show it. Right. But yeah, we do in Rogue One, we get this idea that like, no, it was Leia. Like, Leia was an active member of this rebellion in Star Wars Rebels. We see her in the show where she's, you know, very quick-witted and knows what she's doing, even though at that point she's, like, basically a child. Yeah, Leia's not playing games. <laughs> I'm about to say something I feel like I'm going to regret. Hearing you describe these books, I think I might need to read them. Really? 
I'd like to learn more about Leia. Well, you're so. in luck. I've got all of them. <laughs> so, oh, God, what am I doing to myself? Well, on that note, let's segue to Ahsoka if you want to. I guess. I guess I could talk about Ahsoka. So Should you... No, what? No, go ahead. Oh, so at the time of this recording, it's the day after episode six, which... I... I'm, like, still giddy over seeing live-action Thrawn. And I don't think I'll ever recover from it. What was that like for you? Well, I would actually like for you to give those of us who don't know much about Thrawn a short Wikipedia entry on who Thrawn is. I'm so glad that you asked for that because I've been dying <laughs> to talk about him. <laughs> so, Mithran Yorodo also known as Grand Admiral Thrawn, is in my top three for Star Wars characters. It goes Kylo Ren, Captain Rex, Thrawn. So, like, for him to be, like, that high up, like, I love this bitch. He is from a part of the galaxy that is ruled by the Chiss, which is his species. And it's called the Ascendancy. And we're introduced to Thrawn in the book Heir to the Empire, which is considered by a lot of people to be like one of the best Star Wars books. And it's pretty much like exactly what's going on right now. It's in the same time frame, but it's mostly with Luke, Leia, Han, and like them trying to defeat Thrawn. So it's really interesting to see him um, interact with Ahsoka at this point because Heir to the Empire also takes place after Return of the Jedi. So it's kind of tracking down the Imperial remnants, knowing that if Thrawn gets the resources and the power that he can basically bring the Empire back. And we see him for the first time. He makes his animated debut in Rebels so he's the villain for season 3 and season 4 and the last that we saw of him is the finale of Rebels where him and Ezra are pulled into hyperspace by the Purgle which are the space whales but in Legends there is a whole like plot of him creating like his own imperial remnant called like the emperor's hand and it's really fascinating but so i'm super interested to see what from legends they'll bring in and especially from the canon books because we know a lot about his upbringing in the schist ascendancy and his early career in the empire but i don't really know if they're gonna like stick stay true to legends like, I don't know if Dave Filoni is going to kind of make his own story, but the big rumor is that 
Dave Filoni's movie that he's going to make that's going to be like the Mandoverse movie is going to be called Heir to the Empire. Yeah, so they're definitely setting Thrawn up to be like the big bad. I would argue that he is not the big bad. But that's just because he's just this weird guy that uses art to defeat his enemies. Hmm. Well, I don't know much about that. So we'll have to get to that eventually, I guess. Yeah. But let's so let's back up and just what are your initial impressions about the Ahsoka series? Every episode just keeps getting better and better and better. Like I think Agreed. Yeah. I think with Mando, there I mean Mandalorian is an excellent show, but there's definitely episodes that you might consider to be filler where it's just like a fun little adventure that Mando and Grogu go on while they're going to the next planet or going to the next person that's gonna help them. This show has it started on episode one and it has not stopped. Like every single episode has something to offer. And and I was talking to someone about this last night that realistically, the last time we saw Thrawn and Ezra was in 2018. So this entire time we've been like, where the hell are they? And it's so satisfying as a Rebels fan to finally get this answer. But to also see ahsoka grow and mature not only as you know a force either because i wouldn't consider her a jedi by any means but it's so fascinating to see who she's become as an adult versus the child that we knew in clone wars and i think especially the shows did a really good job of highlighting the fact that she was a child like, she was a child soldier. And especially to see her during the Siege of Mandalore, you're like, this 17-year-old girl has the ability to take down someone like Maul? Like, that's that's just so much trauma to unpack. And especially episode 5, where it's her and Anakin, of, like, it's kind of like with Leia, where it's how do you move on from knowing the fact that Anakin is Darth Vader? Wait a minute. You mean episode five of Ahsoka? Yeah. When zombie Anakin, like, comes back? It's not zombie Anakin. It's just like... It's a, a zombie. It's just a like zombie. a force vision. Whatever. Like, how... Think about somebody that you really don't like just showing up at your door one day after you thought they were gone and they're all, all oddly younger and they're like, eh, live or die, choose one. I mean, that's a zombie. Zombie. See, I think if you... If you watch Clone Wars, you would... <laughs> Which I'm not gonna do. You say that now, but I'm, uh, I'm chipping away. You have to think, like, not only was Anakin her master, 
but he was her friend. She viewed him as a brother because realistically, when they became master and Padawan, there was only a couple years age difference between them. So they both were child well, soldiers. Why do you, would you not consider her a Jedi? So that's a big part of Clone Wars, the TV show, is at the end of season five, she is accused of treason, basically. It's a whole arc that she goes through. And there's a bombing at the Jedi Temple. She's accused of doing it. Anakin and her investigate it while she's on the run and they find out that um, another apprentice was responsible for it. And she had been kicked out of the Jedi Order because of it. And then they basically were like, oh, you know, this was one of your like great trials. Like we see that now. Like this will make you a stronger Jedi. And Ahsoka's like, I can't come back. Like she that was definitely like one of the first times where she realized that the order was flawed and even though she loved anakin and you know she loved the clones she couldn't come back because she needed to figure out who she was so she leaves the order comes back because she's hunting maul but doesn't like join the order back it's just like yeah i'll work with the jedi order to get maul and then is kind of just like a wanderer from then on because obviously now the Jedi Order is extinct and I, I don't know I feel like if you are Anakin's apprentice can you ever truly be fully the light side of the force like there was so much darkness in Anakin and so much ruthlessness and especially with Ahsoka growing up, essentially, during the Clone Wars. I don't think that she could ever be considered a full Jedi. Because Anakin brings it up in Episode 5 of, you know, you're more because I'm more. Everything that I've, I've learned from my master, I'm passing down to you. Like, the apprentice is supposed to emulate everything that their master is and more and so yeah i i just think that she is kind of above the jedi order like she's she's more because she is more than just what she was taught to believe in got it again proud mom moment that was really interesting to hear about I hadn't even thought about it like that, that you could be above the Jedi. Because the Jedi is just really like space elks or the Masons. Yeah. Like it's a it's an organization and you could be a more powerful, powerful being outside of that organization if you chose. And it's definitely showing in this in the in the Ahsoka series. Um, just how powerful she is. She's powerful by doing nothing. Like her inaction in some of the scenes just shows you just how incredibly powerful she is, but in like a quiet way, if that makes yeah. sense. 
No, there's a there's a wisdom and patience about her that I think the Jedi would would have loved to have someone like that, especially be like a Jedi master. But that's the issue with the Jedi and the Sith is that they've enforced limitations on themselves because of how they view the Force should be wielded. The Sith obviously were focused on pain and hunger and power. And the Jedi, you know, were the opposite of, you know, those things taint the Force. They taint your soul of finding a way to utilize the force but without attachment and without fear of losing any sort of power that you gain from it mm. well speaking of her wisdom i think i mentioned to you a couple weeks ago her mom moments i know i mentioned moms earlier but she definitely has some mom moments with sabine when sabine comes onto the ship with her um sabine's like a petulant child just I don't know her as a character, so I, I'm not sure, like, what has gone into Sabine being the way she is. But, like, with the ball taking the, the orb. Yeah. Um, And I love the scene. Ahsoka's just standing there like, Jesus Christ, here we go again. Same shit as always, Sabine. Um, But she lets Sabine try and, as we soon learn fail but fail with success because Sabine does find Ezra eventually even though she puts the entire galaxy at risk well and that's that's the thing is like it does frustrate me because it's like dude come on but Ezra would have done the same thing for her mm. and I think that was the whole point of Rebels was it's about found family and the power that comes from being surrounded by people that make you a better person. And I could see, I mean, Sabine's personality has always been very confident, very bold, very Mandalorian, as they like to keep bringing up. But I really sympathize with her where if she's lost her entire family and the ghost crew has kind of split off and done their own things and she has no one you know which if you had the chance to bring back someone that you consider part of your family like wouldn't you and i think there's there's a bit of that like rebel mentality of like we'll deal with thrawn like we've bested him before we can do it again but i don't know like the more i sit with her decision to to willingly go with Morgan Elsbeth. The more I'm like, no, like, I I understand that decision. I don't know if Ezra will understand that decision. Because they obviously didn't. She was like, oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I liked that. New topic. But, uh, yeah, like, that really does raise the question of if Ezra's whole thing was, I'm going to call these space whales to shoo me and Thrawn somewhere else to protect my home planet and I'm you know and I s leave a message being like I can't wait to come home well the home that he's coming back to is gonna be another galaxy at war if Thrawn comes back too 
But yeah, like there's there's that part of me with Star Wars where I'm like, oh, well, they've done it before. They'll do it again. Like there's that sense of hope that the rebellion has created that I'm like, yeah, like they got this. And obviously, like we know that the First Order rises from Imperial Remnants. So it can't, it has to be successful in terms of them defeating Thrawn, but unsuccessful in them completely eliminating the threat. So I'm interested to see how right. they will do that. Yeah, 10 out of 10 show. Make the fact that it's for me in Colorado that it premieres at seven o'clock, game changer. Because I used to have to wake up at <laughs> three a.m. to watch Bad Batch when it would drop in Florida, and it's it's just so nice to like come home from work and be giddy about Star Wars and to be able to watch it with my roommate and like us last night losing our shit when Thrawn showed up. Well, and your mommy, because your mom's watching it at the same time, too. Well, usually you're watching it a few minutes ahead of me, and you yeah. send me random texts, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, when I texted you about Thrawn, were you like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I knew how much you like Thrawn, so. Yeah, what was your I visually yeah like what are your your initial thoughts about him i think his little outfit's cute with his little pooch belly he's like any other like 70 year old man he's got his little his little pants up tight and his little belt going around his little pooch yeah because he's, like he's in his like in his 70s at this point well, that's what I'm saying. He's like any other seven-year-old man's like, I have a better plan than anybody else. So I'm going to use my old clone people back here. Not clones. What are they? Stormtroopers. There you go. That are all beat up. And we're going to start some shit again. Because I know what's right. It's like January 6th. People think they know what's right. And it's not. But you Yeah, I just said it. I'm comparing Thrawn to, to the mercenary people. That that guy on January 6th with the horns. Yeah. Who's the guy with the crazy Kato mask? Who's that? Well, we're going to find out, I guess. That's... You know who he is. No, like, that's the... That's a new character. You don't know something? Because no one knows it. Whatever. You know everything about it. I do. I will. S no, go ahead. I will say not to get off Thrawn because I know you want to you want to end on him. But I'm really excited that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is is on the show. And she has a mom body. Like her ass is really nice looking, but it's because she's had a kid. That's why she looks so good. And then Rosario Dawson's constantly running. I'm like, damn, that girl can run. Excellent athleticism. So I'm like, I've been very excited about everybody on the show. Even the characters that I'm not really fond of in the beginning. Like that little blonde chick with her hair like mine. That's throwing the stink bombs at people. 
Like she seems to be even turning around a little bit. So yeah. The witch moms freaked me the F out last night though. I didn't like them. Oh see, I because they're from Clone Wars. And from Rebels. I don't like them. I don't like them and I don't like those little snail crab frog things. Yeah. Those freaked me out. You didn't like the the teenage ninja turtle looking bitches that Ezra's loving with? I don't know. There's something about their faces. I wanted to punch them. But back to Thrawn, I thought artistically that blue was like popping. It didn't look like makeup. So I don't know what they did. And I'm very excited to see what he does next. So he's going to be a really good character to watch. No, and you brought up something really interesting of for people that don't know Thrawn, you could just view him as like just some seven-year-old guy that works for the Empire that's like, yeah, my plan is the best. But knowing his character, he's so incredibly dangerous because of the power of his mind. And I don't know if people are ready to understand how dangerous he really is. Because, yeah, you could be like, oh, it's just some, like, seven-year-old guy that got tricked by a 19-year-old boy and got sucked into space by space whales. But I, I could see Thrawn being the type of person that all of these years being in this other galaxy, he has just been plotting and planning. And that makes me nervous for the characters. Because I'm like, oh shit, like... He doesn't seem the type of person that's going to be like, let it slide. You guys won. <laughs> like, I think whatever he's about to bring to the table is so disastrous that I'm like, how are they going to defeat him again? It's like our upcoming presidential election. Sure. <laughs> any, oh, mom. Yeah, oh, mom. Any final thoughts about the movies or the show? I really like Ahsoka's pants. Those culottes that she wears in the beginning. I need to get me a pair of those. They look comfortable. So she does wear, like, ninja shoes where the the big toe is separated from the other toes. Yeah. I mean, that's totally an outfit that I would have. And I think I said when we were talking about zombie Anakin, I loved that line where she goes, what's the lesson, master? And Anakin says, live or die. I was like, oh, that's amazing. But like I said, I'm excited to see what happens next. How many more episodes are there? Are there two more episodes? Yeah, two more episodes. How is there only two more episodes? Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll be like two hour long episodes. Well, I mean, each episode has been like pretty long, which has been really yeah. nice. But other than that, it's a pretty nice show. I'm very, I like watching it. That's good. It's another way for me to trick you into watching more Star Wars. So, <laughs> well, speaking of, what would you like me to do for our next um, episode? Which will be episode 10. Our next episode's episode 10. 
Oh God. Well, I'll I'll give you the choice. Do you want to start the sequels, or do you want to take a break and talk about uh, Galaxy's Edge? You mean the theme park? Yeah. What are the sequels? With Kylo and Ray. Okay. My God. <laughs> okay uh i want to do the sequels okay kylo 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 exactly so next episode we will talk about the reboot for the entire star wars saga the force awakens sound good i like how you said it like gave me chills (laughs) all right well I feel like we've talked, we've covered a lot of ground here, but I'm making headway. I'm feeling a little smarter every time we talk. That's good. And I definitely now am thinking about books that I can give you. So calm you can down. Learn. For Leia. <laughs> I know. Leia. Calm down. I said I might read the books. I might. Okay. All right. Well, until next time, my child, may the force be with you. And also with you. Ah. Bye. Bye.